0: you want your iPad? You might need it. And I think that's my water. <laughs> I know I'm going to need that. <laughs> well, it's so good to be with our Elam Christian Centre Pukakaui family today. <clears throat> hey? So good to be with you. See you. My name's Chris Bethwaite. I'm the National Administrator for Elam New Zealand. Uh, and that means that I support our pastors uh, around the country. We have 37 churches in Vicargill all the way to Whangarei, and uh, I just support them and help them any way I can so that they can just get on with what they're doing in their local communities, reaching people uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a real privilege uh, to do that and love doing it. Here today with my beautiful family, my beautiful wife Karen, and three of our kids are here today, and our older teenager, Probably still in bed, I think, asleep. Anyone anyway, with teenagers here realize, yeah, understand what I'm talking about? You know, nothing exists before twelve o'clock. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so she's at home, uh, but we're just enjoying being out here this morning. And it's my son's birthday today, fourteen. <laughs> Scary to think I have a fourteen-year-old son. He, anyway. Hey, we are uh, continuing our series on uh, the ten. And uh, these were Ten Commandments, Guidelines for Living, uh, that God gave uh, the Israelites back in the book of Exodus, and they may be from the Old Testament of the Bible, and they may feel like they're a bit irrelevant maybe, but actually they're not. They're still very relevant for guiding us in the way that we should live today. And so we're picking up today uh, the next one in our series. Why don't we just pray as we get into it this morning. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the privilege to be able to be here today, Lord, with this incredible church family. Lord, I thank you for this church family. I I just honor them today. And uh, Father, as we just learn again a little bit more about the the 10, Lord, the commandments for guidelines to living, Father, I pray today you would just do a work in our own hearts. Uh, Lord, you would help us make any adjustments that we may need to make in our lives when we hear your word today. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I went to school with Daryl. We went to high school together. My job was to keep him out of detention. You know, Daryl, troublemaker, you know, always getting into trouble, mischief. As a family, a couple of times we've hired a camper van. And uh, there's six of us, so we've got to get one of those kind of big camper vans. And uh, we've just really enjoyed doing that. For six people, cheap accommodation. Driving around, freedom camping, it's a great way to see our country. And we've got a great, uh, some family friends of ours that have got the same amount of kids as us, and so we do it together. Two camper vans, two families, and off we go. And we have a great time. It's a lot of fun. Usually how it works, though, is our son jumps in their van because they've got three boys, and their youngest daughter jumps into our van because we've got three girls. So we have the girls in our van, and the boys are all in our friends' van. And so we trip around and have, a, have great fun. Well, on one occasion, we pulled up alongside some public toilets because kids always need to go to the toilet, right? You know, often my kids, when we get on the road, have you ever been to the toilet? Yes, Dad, great. We get on and we're on the motorway. I need to go to the toilet. I'm like, do you see any toilets on the side of the motorway? Anyway, we stop for the, this bathroom for the kids to go to the, bath, the bathroom, and so that's fine, the kids will go to the bathroom, everyone gets back in the vans, and, uh, and we head off back down the road. We're about five minutes into the journey when my wife's cell phone rings. It's Bronwyn, the mum from the other van. Is Nico with you guys? Uh No. He should be in your van. No, he's not in our van. Stop the vans. Do like a 50-point turn to try and turn these things around. Head back to the bathrooms where it was the last place we knew he was. We jump out of the van and we're calling out, Nico, Nico, where are you, buddy? And we can hear him. He's upset. He's crying. He's locked in the toilet. He couldn't get out. The door had closed and he couldn't open it. The poor kid thought we'd abandoned him because he could hear the vans driving away. (laughs) We managed to get him out, console him. I'm pretty sure he's forgiven us now, which is awesome. But oh my goodness, the four of us looked at each other and we just thought, oh, what an epic parent failure. Not checking we had everybody before we headed off down the road. And it got me thinking about other parent failures that I have done over the years. I say I because my wife is perfect and would never do these things. <laughs> like placing a six-month-old on a bed and turning your back to them only to hear thud as they hit <laughs> the floor. It took ages before she, I could console her uh, with that one. Or uh, well, there was the time when uh, Samara, our eldest, when she was young, she escaped out of the gate and followed a cat down the driveway and disappeared down the road. Uh, we just weren't paying attention and uh, took us a wee while to find her, but luckily she was fine. She was okay. She didn't think there was any problem. Or uh, the time that we lost dear Portia in the shopping mall. I thought she was with Karen. Karen thought she was with me. Ah, no, she wasn't. And then next thing over the loudspeaker system in the shopping mall is, would the parents of Portia please come to the customer service desk? Oh, how embarrassing. Oh. And then there was the time that, uh, you know, when we don't believe that they're sick, you know, I don't feel good today. I need to stay home. And you're kind of like, yeah, I know there's a maths test on today. You're going to school. Well, Portia woke up one morning and said, I've got a sore throat. I don't feel so good. And I just said, look, honey, you probably slept with your mouth open last night. You've got a dry throat. You're perfectly fine. Get into your uniform and let's go to school. And so she did. Off she went to school, came home at the end of the day and said, Dad, I really don't feel well. I thought, she looks a bit pale. I took a temperature, 39 degrees. And a few moments later, we discover she's positive for COVID good dad sending her off to school when she's positive for COVID. Oh my goodness. Or, you know, we forget to pick them up from dance or from a friend's birthday party. I don't know. The list goes on and on. And I'm sure you've got your own list of parent failures. But look, none of us are perfect. There's no such thing as perfect kids. And there's certainly no such thing as perfect parents. And yet right in the middle of the Ten Commandments is a command that addresses the relationship between children and their parents. Right here, coming in at number five in Exodus 20 verse 12, we read, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now notice something about this commandment. It's a little different to the one's that we've been learning about on these past few weeks. All the other ones were all things that we should not do. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not lie, etc. They're all do nots. And yet here we have one right in the middle of the commandments that's not about a do not, but it's about something that we should, in fact, actually do. Honour Our mother and our father. And as I read and thought on this commandment, I realized that this commandment actually tells us a few things. What this commandment tells us is number one, that God thinks family, as broken and as dysfunctional as it may be sometimes, God thinks family is really important. And when I say important, I mean like it was the first relationship he addresses in the Ten Commandments, after he has addressed man's relationship with God, he zeroes in on man's relationship with his parents. And let me just add a little something here. We're not just talking about your mum and dad. If you get married, we're also now talking about your in-laws. So it's not only two parents God's asking you to honor, now you've got maybe four parents that you've got to honor. Family is important to God. We also know that this commandment is super important to God because it's the first and only command in the top 10 that has a promise attached. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord God is giving you for the Israelites, that was the dream. Long life and an inheritance of land, they were significant deal-breakers in those days, because it signified to everyone that God's blessing and favor was upon you. God thinks family is really important. Secondly, God designed family to be multi-generational, and how cool it was this morning as we dedicated a young man here this morning, to see that beautiful family and to know that there are multiple generations of family members here in support today. God is into multi-generational family. Let's go back and have a look at God's original design for the family. When God created Adam and Eve, He made them in His image, and He declared in Genesis 2 verse 24, that's why a man will leave his own father and mother. He marries a woman, and the two of them become like one person. And God keeps talking about families through the book of Genesis. Later in Genesis 12, we read about Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your family, and your relatives, and go to that land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? The only issue was, Abraham was 75 years old, and he was childless. So what was God talking about? And then God gives him dreams, and he starts to show him things, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. From Abraham came Isaac, from Isaac came Jacob. And for centuries, as we read throughout the Bible, God is referred to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was establishing His plan for the family. His plan was that there were generations that would build for the next generation. I love that our church is about generations. We have multiple generations in our church. I mean, I need to learn from people that have gone before me. I've been so appreciative in my life to have people I could, could ask advice of before I got married. What's marriage all about? How do, I, how do I look after my wife? What is that all about? When we're about to have children, I'm asking, what's this all about? What's this going to be like? You know, as we go to buy a house and, and mortgage and, and, and all that, being able to talk with people that have gone there before us has been so good. We need their advice and their wise counsel to help us. God intended us to be a family, multi-generational family, where we could ask and help one another throughout the generations. In Judges chapter 2, verse 10, we read a very sad piece of scripture. It simply says this after that generation died, another generation grew up. Who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel? We don't know exactly what happened, but what is clear is that one generation did not learn the things of God from the previous generation. You see, God had told them. That's what He expected them to do. In the book of Deuteronomy, we read, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that in your days, And the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. If you carefully observe all these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to hold fast to Him, then the Lord will drive out all of these nations before you. You will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you, every place where you set your foot will be yours. It is my firm belief that what God's Word teaches us is that there is never, never a time when an older generation becomes unnecessary or redundant. But there is also never a time when the younger generations shouldn't be plowing the new ground for their own generation to walk in. I love this that I read the other day, where one generation plowed ground, the next generation walks in it. And when, the generation pl- when that generation plows new ground, the previous generation loans them the tools to plow it. God is generational. He is a generational God with generational design for families and His church. Okay, So we get it that family is important to God and it should be important to us. But what does honor mean? Well, honor in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, which was the original language when this commandment was brought forward in Exodus 20 and also in Deuteronomy 5, in the Old Testament means to be heavy, to be weighty, to be great. Something of substance and significance. Honor in the Greek, which is the language of the New Testament, where this commandment is also mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Ephesians, must be important to God, means to estimate or fix a value. So honor means to give weight to something if something is to carry weight, it means that it has value. To honor means that we do not treat something or someone as common, but rather we give it a value because it carries weight. It is significant. So how can we honor our parents? Well, let me start by saying this. We never outgrow honor, but we can grow up in the honor that we show. Just as we grow and change, the relationship we have with our parents grows and changes. Those of you that have got kids, you'll know that that when they're very young, they're very dependent on you. As they start to get older, they start to become not so dependent on you. And then they go through the terrible twos, threes, fours, where everything is why why, why, no, 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 and then they become teenagers, and then they just don't listen at all. Things change, but the way that we honor can change with it. You see, there are three stages, I believe, to honor. The first stage is as children, young children. As young children, we show honor when we trust and obey our mum and dad. You see, obedience has its benefits. And the most obvious way children can look to honor their parents is to obey them, to do as they say. Honor as children is very basic in essence. It's simple and it's clearly defined. We obey and we trust. We trust our parents that they are the grown-ups, that they know what is good for us, they have our best interests at heart and will lead us to places that are the best places for us. Whew, parents sitting here today going, that's a lot of responsibility. But our children look to us, they trust us, and they expect that we're going to look after them. But as children hit their teens and then into their early 20s, the relationship changes. All of a sudden, they are growing up. They are becoming independent, and they are making decisions for themselves and learning by making mistakes. They are making decisions about their future and stepping out into a world on their own. And so as we change, so does the way our honor for our parents change. We move from simple trust and obedience to, as a young adult, we show honor through value and respect. A kid one day decided that he was going to give his mother a bill, For all the chores that he'd been asked to do around the house, he wrote them down. Doing the dishes, $5. Tidying my room, $10. Putting out the rubbish, $5. Babysitting my siblings, $20. Gave the bill to his mother. His mother looked at it. She thought for a moment. And then she gave her son a bill. Providing you food, (laughs) $5,000. Doing your laundry, $5,000. Providing you accommodation, $10,000. Driving you where you need to go, $5,000. Taking care of you when you are sick. $20,000. Total owed, I love you. It's a funny stage, those teenage years. You know, when we thought we knew better than our parents did. When we wondered how they would ever understand how we felt where we never ever imagined that they were actually teenagers once, where we feel like they're boring, they're old, they're killjoys, and they just want to make life tough. I'm sure you remember your teenage years. But, you know, it's actually in that phase that honor begins to look like something different. It begins to look like actually, actually valuing our parents' wisdom, advice, and guidance and their life experience. It means, it means respecting the position of parenthood that they hold, respecting the God-given authority, respecting their opinions and their history and their knowledge. I was chuffed the other day. Our oldest daughter has just started a, a new, uh, her first part-time job. And anyway, the, the, the employer was giving her uh, a contract and talking to her about everything and started to ask her about Kiwi Saver what does a 17-year-old know about KiwiSaver? And she looked at the employer in the eye and she said, look, I'll take all that home. My dad knows all about this stuff. I'll ask him. I thought, oh, she has paid attention to a few things. She, she wants my advice on something. A small thing, but it just made me realize that, man, actually, some stuff does sink. Some stuff does go in. As a young adult, start asking your parents for their opinion, listen to their advice, consider their point of view from time to time, and say thank you for their advice, for their thoughts, and for their help for you. As a child, honoring meant simple obedience, but as a growing young adult, honoring may not look like agreeing with everything or doing everything your parents may wish. You might think, well, how can I honor if I'm not obeying them? Well, you see, obedience, uh, obedience is an action that reflects honor, but honor itself is an inward posture, an attitude, and its manifestation in our lives is more than just obeying. In fact, we can still show value and respect to our parents while also choosing something that they perhaps didn't agree with. Parents, there's a lesson here for us too. Honor doesn't mean that as parents, we have the right to control our children's choices. How did we learn as we grew up? By making our own choices, making mistakes, and learning from them. Parents, our job is to make sure our arms are wide open, to welcome them back home, to love them when they fail, and to keep encouraging them and cheering them on as they begin to learn to live life as a young adult. And of course, then we become full-grown adults. And in an an adulthood relationship with our parents changes again. As we become a proper adult, your parents are entering their elderly years. And honor begins to look different again. As a grown adult, we we show honor through appreciation, through care, and through giving of our time. We can honor our parents by showing appreciation for them. Appreciation for the love, the time, the wisdom, the care, the self-sacrifice that they raised us with. We can honor them by saying thank you, by showing thank you, and by feeling thankful. I don't know how many parents are here today that have been like my wife and I at times and are just like, to our kids, you wait till you have children of your own we plot and we scheme, we're going to fill them with sugar. (laughs) We're going to come to your house, and we're going to empty the milk container and put it back in the fridge empty. (laughs) You know, all those things that really annoy you as a parent that your kids do, and we say, you know, we can't wait. But you know, as an adult, we start to understand what it means to be a parent. We start to understand what life is actually all about, and we get a new appreciation for our parents, and the honor becomes different. We can do that by taking care of them, by helping them when they need help, taking them to a doctor's visit, mowing the lawns, helping them around the house, doing a grocery shop for them, providing technical support for them with their phones, You know, who thought it was a good idea for a 70-year-old to get a smartphone and then expect their son or their grandson to show them how to use it? Any of you here in IT support, you are specially gifted. When my mum rings and she has a technical issue with her computer or her phone, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, please help me. But God wants us to honor our parents, provide support for them when we can a hospital appointment, carrying caring them through an illness. We can do it by spending time with them, by picking up the phone and calling them, sending them a text, emailing them, chatting with them for no reason at all. And I've discovered that mums love that. You know, whenever you're talking with dad, it's always, oh, did you watch the ABs last night? Oh, yeah, shocking. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Or it's, hey, son, can you come around and give us a hand with the lawns on the weekend? Yep, sure. Done. Bye. With mum, it's, hi, is it raining where you are today? It's raining where we are. What are the children doing today? Oh, do you know today we're going to have pumpkin soup for dinner? She just loves to chat. And sometimes you're like, "Mm hmm. But you know what I've learned? To mum, that is something that's just so special and important to her, just to be able to ring and just chat. And as a son... As a daughter, to be able to just chat with them means so much to them. Actually, it honors them. Obviously, as our parents grow older, there can be complexities, too, that we have to consider. Maybe about their care or their accommodation needs. And and as we grow older and our kids get older and we start thinking about our kids leaving home, Sometimes the conversation is about our parents moving in, because that's a way we can show honor, if that might be appropriate in your situation. But as we get older, the way we honor our parents changes. The fourth and last thing I just want to touch on this morning is that honor has a place among dysfunction. I cannot share a message like this this morning without acknowledging that for some, not all family settings are happy or healthy. There are families that are dysfunctional, abusive, physically, verbally, emotionally. There are many families that are broken. It might comfort you to know that throughout the Bible, there are many examples of dysfunctional parenting. Noah was a a drunk. Jacob was a liar. Moses was a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Job went bankrupt. Let's be honest. Not all parents are easy to honor. I understand how hearing a message like this today, uh, while your family lies in tatters, can be incredibly difficult. Honoring an absent or abusive parent can sound impossible. But I need to remind you that our God is in the business of restoring and redeeming. When I was 10 years old, my mother and my father separated. What was a bit different was that my mum was the one who left and my two sisters and I stayed with my dad and he continued to raise us. Well, eventually my mum not only left our house, but she left the town we were living in and actually moved uh, into Auckland. That was a really tough part. I had no, I couldn't work out why mum was leaving, why mum had abandoned us. We used to see her on holidays, but it wasn't the same. It was like a distant parent. And I began as a young man to start to resent my mother for what she had done. Why had she abandoned us? Why had she left my dad in the position she'd left him in to raise us? Well, unfortunately, at the age of 15, so five years after my mother left, my father died from a quick illness with cancer. So now here we are faced with a decision to make. My two sisters were moving to Auckland with my mum, but my mum gave me the choice. She said, well, you can stay where you are if you like, or you can move to Auckland with your sisters. Well, I made up my mind pretty quickly, and that was I was staying put. I was not going to go and live with my mum. But then at the last moment, I changed my mind. Well, actually, I think God changed my mind, and I moved to Auckland. It was tough. It was difficult as a 15, 16-year-old who didn't have much of a relationship with his mother to suddenly be now in her home with her new husband to try and work out what this relationship was now going to be like because there hadn't been much relationship. I'd resented my mum, but now here I was in the house. But you know, I knew God. I attended church. I loved God. And through his grace and through his strength, I was beginning to be able to understand what was going on in my mum's world. And as I got older, I was able to sit with my mum and talk with my mum and say, hey mum, you know that really hurt back then when you did that. And she was able to explain to me what was going on in her world and why she did what she did. Didn't make it right what she did, but it made it more understandable And as a young adult, I was able to understand what was going on in her world, and also the sacrifice that she made when we suddenly turned up on her doorstep because our dad had passed away. She made so many sacrifices because having us in her life full-time was not part of her plan then, but she changed. She adapted because we were her children. And you know, through the love of God and the power of God, I was able to forgive my mom and I can tell you today that the relationship I have with my mom is so special, so tight. And I know that myself and my two sisters mean the world to my mother. And her grandchildren are just a blessing and a joy to her. We have an amazing relationship, but it was because I took a step to learn to forgive my mom and begin to honor her for who she had been and what she had done in my life. And I know many people find it hard to forgive their parents. The band want to come and join me on stage, that would be great. It is deeply painful to be betrayed, to be belittled, to be abused, to be abandoned by your parents. However, forgiveness allows, allows us to build something positive in the present. And I believe this commandment is actually one that can help bring about restoration because this commandment is the only one that has a promise attached. God blesses what we honor. You want to turn around your relationship with your parents? Choose honor. When it doesn't make sense, choose honor. When you don't feel like it, choose honor. When you don't think that they deserve it, choose honor. If you've recognized wrong attitudes towards your parents, then as much as it lies within you, forgive your parents and receive forgiveness from God and forgive yourself. And then trust that God, who is faithful to fulfill his promises, that he doesn't go back on his word, will bring blessing to your situation and restore your family. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I... We know, Lord, that family is important to you. And Father, I pray that you would help us to recognize that it it is important. I pray, Father, that you would help us today to think about how we could honor our mum and our dad. Not every situation has been easy. Not every situation is perfect. But Father, find a way for us to be able to show honor to our parents. Lord, for those that are hurting here today, Lord, those that have felt neglected, abandoned, abused by their parents, Lord, I pray that you would come and you would just touch them today. Lord, you begin to heal them. Lord, you begin to do a work in them to see healing and restoration and forgiveness take place with their parents. Lord, as much as they can within them, Lord, help them to seek peace in their family. Lord, I pray for every mum and dad here today, Lord, I pray that you'd continue to help us as we parent. Lord, you would help us.